morning, Canberra. Ah, good morning, Madrid. <laughs> Come on, you're so European. That took me too long considering I really like knowing about cities and countries. Yeah, you're, you're this, but, you know. This is on a complete massive tangent, but <laughs> I was sort of preliminary Christmas shopping the other day uh, as it was Black Friday and such. And I went into John Lewis and I saw like a selection of globes. Do you remember globes? They're like the world that lights up and it spins around. I love a globe. Oh, I love a globe. And I feel like kids kids aren't into them anymore. That's why I learned all my geography from staring at my globe at night time. I love a globe. Yeah. I'm so into a globe. Mm, global. I feel, yeah, I just... I was trying to think of a pun and I couldn't. There's a pun right there. I just thought, as I said global, I thought a globe is a ball that glows. It's a global. That's it then. There you go. You know it. <laughs> you know it. You know, you know how some people like unlock an, a, a certain amount of their brain. Mm-hmm. Right, that film Lucy, where they unlock a little bit. You've just unlocked like another couple of percent. Yeah, man. I reckon you're like, you must be up to like 29% now. I'm only at about 14. So, we've got a bit to talk about. We First do. of all, can I, can I make an honourable mention quickly? Of course you can. Um, so, I don't, you know, really watch much women's football. Okay. But I've just sat down and watched England women versus Latvia women. Okay. Now, I'm not too sure if you're aware of the score. Uh, I'm guessing England are winning. England are a good team. Well, Eng- so, it's just finished now. Yeah, and England. I took notice to it because England was six nil up after twenty two minutes. Oh wow! Okay, um, let me. So they were six nil up after. I will just go on live score. Hold on. This like that's some free, that's some free advertisement, by the way. Um, so they were six nil up after twenty three minutes. Wow. They were eight nil up at half time. Wow. The game finished 20 nil. 20? Oh my God. That's a cricket score. 20 nil. Wow. Yeah. So I guess Latvia must be the, the San Marino of um, women's football. They, you're, not, you're not wrong. I was going to watch the Barcelona game. Um, I think it's coming up soon, actually. I'm not sure when it is, but I wouldn't mind going to that. I say Barcelona because that's another play on words there. Um, Arsenal versus Barcelona. Is that that's the women's match? Yes. Ah. And Barcelona women's team are just head and shoulders better than every other team in the world. Naughty. Yeah. Le- Leon were always really good as well, weren't they? Yeah, they used to have... Um, did Leon have... Uh, what's her name? Think Nikita Paris? Was she at Lyon for a bit? Yes. They also had Lucy Bronze. And uh, our Jamaican 
what's her name again? Who's uh, just gone to Man City? I think she was either at Lyon or Bordeaux, but uh, one of the teams in the French league. Anyhow, uh, Latvia are ranked 102nd in the world out of 168. Okay, that's not not too bad. I mean, that's not <laughs> 20 nil. England at eight. Hmm. I don't know. Madness. That's what it is. It's a madness. So, we got a bit to talk about, and I want to start with Manchester United's new manager. Yes, I've always wanted to talk like, about United. I feel like you mm-hmm. should be excited. Um. Yeah, I've kind of got mixed feelings. I mean, on one hand, it's definitely refreshing to have someone who has experience because, you know, that was Solskjaer's thing. He hadn't been managing for very long. This guy's obviously been in the game for a very, very long time. And upon thinking about that, it did excite me at first. But then I thought to myself, Louis van Gaal had loads of experience and uh, David Moyes had lots of experience and Jose Mourinho had lots of experience. So... Experience isn't necessarily something to get too excited about. Um, I guess the silver line, the silver lining, is that he's only an interim manager. So was Solskjaer, to be fair. But I'm kind of. It's hard to be mad or hard to be feel much about someone who's only going to be there for six months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I, I, I just think, from my point of view, I feel like he's. So, I've sort of done a little bit of a slight bit of digging, and I found some stats from his time at Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much a pressing manager. Okay. Um, and his organisational skills are are high on the agenda. Sorry, I know you say I use a large percentage of my brain, but when you said a pressing manager, at first I thought you meant he like. Oppresses. I thought you meant he like argues with the players, like he he presses. But then I thought, oh, you mean in terms of his tactical setup? Sorry, I had a slow I moment. You, <laughs> I thought you was going to say oppression. I was going like Jesus. <laughs> I not. Um, so he brings uh, this element of change, which I think is required for for United. Now, it's really interesting because I. Uh, I think that that's what they need because I think that's the way football's going. Mm. If you look at the top teams now, they're very much a there. You know, there's a lot of press going on. Manchester City do it, Liverpool do it, mm. Chelsea. You know, he's very much you know German managers, especially Klopp and and Tuchel, which are like they're, students of his school, aren't they as well? Yeah, they very much make note that they that he was one of the people that really brought their ideas to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a really interesting mix. You know, you go back to his Leipzig team in eighteen nineteen. Mm-hmm. Their first for successful pressures, second for pressures in the final third. Mm-hmm. Recoveries are first. Mm. Opposition errors leading to shots there first, you know. And I can't help but think that and bearing in mind, you know, he's not he's not he's only officially been in post 
well, he's not he's not even going to take the Arsenal game on Thursday. But yeah. he he is a a pressing manager, and me and you have had conversations about how Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't, and Ronaldo didn't start at the weekend in a big game. Mm-hmm. Now, does that say that he's already had an in? Uh, uh, influence regardless of Michael Carrick taking charge of the team no I don't, I don't think it means that because I, I'm not a manager and I was suggesting to drop Ronaldo so I don't think it takes like tactical prowess or any tactical astuteness to consider dropping also, Ronaldo it, uh, yeah I guess it takes balls but when you know you're not in the job for a long time then you think what's the worst that can happen <laughs> well the thing is is I like you know for me I was really interested to listen to the Keen character argument because he you know he scores goals mm. and he's easily the most clinical player you have so, for your lack of possession, before the game this is, for the lack of possession that you would have had, was it not worth having someone that's clinical up top, that's good from set pieces? Do you know I mean? That was my... No, I think I think we set up right. I think it, we played a game against Chelsea. We played knowingly that we're not going to have the ball much. We only had about 35% possession or something like that. Um, so... What it seemed like to me is we prepared. Um, the tactical setup was with the expectation we're not going to have the ball, basically. So when we did have yeah. the ball, we didn't really know what to do with it. Hence why we hoofed it up the field most of the time. And by sheer coincidence, I'm not sure if this was planned, but one of the times we just hoofed the ball up the field, Jorginho made a mistake, Sancho ran onto it. Now, I think if Ronaldo was in the team, I mean, Ronaldo, just he's just not involved if we don't have the ball. So yeah. he, he becomes, if we've setting up to not have the ball, then what's the point in having him on the pitch? I think it's sort of, it's a no-brainer, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to get back to what you're saying about stats because it's interesting that he, as a manager of Leipzig, topped all the charts on pressing and interceptions, whatever it may be. Because I saw literally today that of all 20 teams in the Premier League, Man United are bottom of a lot of those lists. So I've actually got Man United stats in comparison this season. Oh, wow. Okay. Hit me with them. So Manchester United are bottom for, for tackles. Mm-hmm. They're 19th for successful pressures. Rotted. They're 17th for pressures in the final third. Mm. They're 19th for interceptions and recoveries separately. Wow. Opera, opposition errors leading to shots. They're bottom. Wow. And goals conceded. Even though we scored from one at the weekend. The goals conceded their eighth. 18th, sorry. Rotted. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It can only be be positive, can't it, really? Yeah. I'll be honest, I don't really know too much about Ralph. Sort of, my knowledge of him is that he is sort of respected by this wave of like really good German managers we have in the Premier League at the moment. 
um, which obviously includes, as aforementioned, um, Klopp, Thomas Tuchel, also Ralph Hasenhutl. Um, so based on how good they are, Ranić must be good. It's the whole like Bielsa thing. Like you know, Guardiola rates Bielsa, so Bielsa must be good. Um, that's all I really know about him. Like I'll be yeah. honest, I thought should I do research, and then I consciously didn't. And I can't actually explain to you why I didn't, but uh, um, but I, I I kind of understand why you didn't, um, probably because preconceived ideas, maybe. Yeah, um, don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't want an expectation uh, that's going to lead me to being extra sad when it doesn't work out. <laughs> well, you've already named you've already named Mourinho and Van Gaal. I mean, I think that. Like you said, if a manager gets a growing reference, so I've not specifically gone out of my way to watch his teams play, but I'm very aware of who he is and what you know what his standpoints are. Mainly because you know, in in interviews prior, Jurgen Klopp has been very complimentary about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it leads me to believe that he will be. I think. I think you'll become a lot more organised. I think that you'll become um, more of a threat. Title challenges. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't get any of them. He's a good manager, so he's not a miracle worker. German <laughs> management is the way forward. German efficiency. Yeah. So, yeah, overall... I think you now actually have a chance of getting top six. Do you think his uh, his last name sounds like something being said backwards? Rangik. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the Missy Elliott song? Is it worth it? Let me work it. And it goes, it's what? <laughs> yeah. uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I have no idea what she's saying. Do you know what she says? She says the the last phrase backwards. I'm going to bang really? down, flip it, and reverse it. She plays bang down, flip it, and reverse it backwards, and that's Ralph Frenick. Oh, oh, Ralph! Yeah, it's Ralph Frenick. That's what she says. I always tried to get that on the radio, and you know, I just, I just sound um, like I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm pleased that you said that now. Now I can, like, wow people. A lot of people don't know that. Every, everyone does now, because everyone listens to this. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Um, Canberra. Um, so, no, interesting. I'm, I'm not excited for it, really, because I don't want you lot to become good. I quite like the fact that you're really shit. Um, and that's really all I want to say about it, because I don't want to hype you up too much. Do you know another thing, another stat? I haven't read about Ralph Ranyek other than what his name is, where he's from, what his kids are called. Basically, I've got like the, you know, when you type someone's name into Google and like the little Wikipedia bit comes up at the side. You hit me with it. He's from a place in Germany called Backnang. Backnang? Backnang, like B A C K N A N G. Backnang. What a sick name. His name's yeah, a, a word backwards and he's from Backnang. <laughs> Bring <Yeah>. Backnang. <laughs> Bring Backnang, yeah. 
Ballon d'Or. The Ballon d'Or, yes. Um, I've got the list in front of me. I've got the rankings in front of me. Um, so have I. I mean, so over, I. overall, do you think Messi deserved it? No. No, nor do I, and man. It's not, and it's not because he's not been good. Um, it's it's more because I think Robert Lewandowski has been insane. He's been absolutely sensational. And don't get me wrong, don't get, I, I I kind of understand where and how Messi's got it. Messi's got it because he's won his first international. Um, title um, so you know sort of therefore he is going to be higher in the rankings I know Lewandowski won the Bundesliga um, but you know <laughs> well this is a question do you think there's like international favouritism because um, I think that's kind of unfair considering with all due respect to the rest of the Poland team, like Lewandowski didn't really choose to play for Poland. Yeah. He sort of he didn't choose his teammates in the Polish national squad. It's not like they're a, it's not like a club team where you know you buy players based on how good they are and the best teams have the best players, etc. So he's at a disadvantage internationally. Like I, again, with all due respect to Poland, I doubt they'll win an international tournament in our lifetimes. Mm. Um, and. On club level, if we remove the international trophy that Messi won, surely that pips it to Lewandowski. So I think the the misfortune, again, with all due respect to Polish people, the misfortune of being Polish has let Lewandowski down. (laughs) That sounds really harsh. I love Polish people just for the record. Um, Chest. No, I I get what you're saying. I mean, he doesn't play for the strongest national team. Mm. Um, so he scored 48 goals last season mm-hmm. at, for club um, he is uh, I think I think the thing for me personally I think the thing for me is that he is, is just stepped it up and I don't really feel like Messi has like but and I think that's probably because we are treated to how good that man is year on year, and we probably take him for granted. It could be that, or it could be like the team around him got so tremendously worse that it made him look better. Yeah, but he's still performing. He's still performing, but uh, I'm just still dragging them out of the mire, right? Isn't he? But I, I wonder if that makes him look better than he is. Like, has he, by his standards, actually had a good season? Or has it just looked incredibly impressive because he's been head and shoulders above everyone else in his team and he's dragged them out of the mud how many times? No, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I mean, we've just said that Lewandowski plays for Poland and that's at a disadvantage. Mm. And that, you know, he's done well. But then we're saying that Messi's team's got worse and is that a detriment on him because he's just making him look better? So, you kind of got to use the same format. I mean, me personally, I think he's done... I do think he's still done incredibly well. Mm. Um, I I understand very much so 
that he's oh, well it's not saying I understand it but to, from my point of view he has won that because of the uh, Copper America mm-hmm. but you know who's who's really going to begrudge him it really do you know what I mean he's still he still scored four <laughs> <clears throat> he still scored 30 goals in La Liga got 38 overall hmm. do you know what I mean it's I think it's, as well as that you know me I quite like an underdog and uh, I do get sort of aside from how he played all season I like someone new winning things each time and yeah. Lewandowski's coming towards the end of his career and I think he's been so good throughout his career that it'll be really nice for him to look back and say at one point in my career, I was the best in the world. I feel he deserves that. Messi's had that seven times. No, I get it. But it, it... If this was in school, he wouldn't get it. Because, you know, in schools, they're a bit more about fairness and whatever. Participation oh, I mean... award and all of that. Oh, yeah, the old the old take, taking past what counts. Yeah. Um, like you in the 400 metre final. In your smashed time. it, actually. <laughs> I smashed it, actually, mate. <laughs> Philip Barber don't know why I am <laughs> by the way it was a train <laughs> um, so I yeah I, <laughs> I I don't think Messi should have won it mm. because of how good Lewandowski was but at the same time <clears throat> Messi was great and I think we take him for granted amazing as amazing as that is Messi is Messi isn't it um, what I want to know from you mm-hmm. is where you know what's what else shocked you? What you know? What was the you know who who was you surprised to see as high as they were? Um, in in many respects, well, I look at this two ways. Like Jorginho, I'm not surprised he where he's where he is. But if it was down to me, he wouldn't be where he is. I feel like, obviously, he won. He was, well, he didn't win. But he was part of the team that won the Champions League and the Euros. And that, therefore, he ranks really highly. But I think if you honestly kind of think of individual performances throughout the entire season, you can name a lot more than two players above him. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. I, I just just so you're aware, I did see, uh, and I'm just trying to find it now, the criteria mm-hmm. um, in which they vote on, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, bear with me a minute. This may be a ah. So Ballon d'Or criteria is is so the rules and regulations that the jury will need to follow to choose and rank their top five selections are below. Mm-hmm. individual and collective performances so winners during the year mm-hmm. player class which is talent and fair play okay so for example if a player has a lot of yellow cards that ranks them down a bit yeah that would go against him mm-hmm. and the third one which I think is huge and I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it is overall judgement of the player's career Oh, so they base this year on their career? 
That's unfair. Because like straight off the bat, a younger player is at a disadvantage, surely. Because it's harder to look at their entire career when they've got three years behind them compared to someone who's got 12. That's probably why Cristiano Ronaldo is so high in potentially he scored loads of goals, but it's potentially his worst season of his career. Juventus marginally made it into the Champions League. I think I, I said to you earlier, Mohamed Salah is the highest ranked player to have not won anything in the season, but I was incorrect. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo won anything, unless I'm mistaken. I don't think Juventus won anything in the season and Portugal certainly didn't. Uh, I'll tell you what, let me have a look. And sort of with that, I'm suggesting that Cristiano Ronaldo has like hugely declined. Um, he may have scored loads of goals, but I think you know, he's massively declined as a player and yet he's still sixth because one of the criteria is we're looking at his entire career. Like the fact he, I don't know, won the Champions League in 2008 ranks him up in the 2021 Player of the Year. That doesn't seem fair. I'm out, I'm actually outraged right now. Outraged? <laughs> I'm enraged. Um, no, he didn't win anything last year. I mean, I should support him because he's the highest ranked Man United player officially. Oh, no. He won the Italian Cup. He, he The Italian Cup? Like the, the main cup or like their version of the League Cup? Pass. Italian Cup winner. I think that is like the, the FA Cup, maybe. Okay, that's that's somewhat credible. So that, that makes, like, in that case, Mo Salah the... Oh, no. Did they win the Cup? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Copper Italia. Copper Italia, isn't it? That would be the Let one. Let me have a look. Previous winners. <coughs> no, they lost last year. Ah. Sort of on that, actually, I was looking at the list. I mean, I can only see the top 30 um, in front of me, but I was particularly interested in all the players. And there are quite few who didn't win anything with their team um, I think sort of extra kudos extra kudos to them because obviously they missed out on those bonus points for being part of the team so I'm looking at so obviously we mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo Mohamed Salah Kylian Mbappe um, am I right in thinking Dortmund won the DFB Pokal which is like the German FA Cup so Erling Haaland Let has me. won something let me have a look. Uh, list of Pokal finals. Um, I'm pretty sure because Jaden Sancho came back from injury and played, I think the final was like his return from injury or something and I think he scored. Yeah, they won 4-1. Yeah. So, okay. Erling Haaland has won something. Fair play. Um, there's obviously the two other Juventus boys. Um... Simon Kaya, Kaya, I think, I think he's probably got massive kudos as well for how he, um, sort of that, yeah, that was very how he, much the Eric. Yeah, how he behaved yeah. in in that situation, I thought was quite very very credible. Um, and one you mentioned to me on the phone earlier, which nicely kind of links us back to what we spoke about last week, is Harry Kane, the player who famously isn't having a great career despite being a fantastic player. It's amazing, really, isn't it? Because you look at Harry Kane 
as uh, an individual last season and he was the Premier League top goal scorer mm-hmm. top assist mm-hmm. and he came 23rd yeah behind a lot of other players who all they really did is score goals I think he Harry Kane probably scored more than a lot of players above him he got to the final of the Euros mm-hmm. I know second place doesn't really get you anywhere but you know he I'd argue that he should have been in front of Bruno, Bruno Fernandes oh I don't know I don't know I don't, I don't know what Kane I what? don't know what Bruno Fernandes done that Kane didn't more assists no, because Kane had more assists. He was a top assist in the league. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm obviously biased. I love Bruno, but you know what I mean? you've got a, you've got a very very valid point here. Kane and, and it's arguably them, it? like, could have had one of the best seasons of his career in terms of individual okay. accolades. He's twenty third. Neymar's a really interesting one because Neymar went to PSG with the hope of it. That move sealing the Ballon d'Or for him, and he's just getting further and further away. Yeah, um, finished sixteenth. He finished behind Raheem Sterling, who we also mentioned on the phone earlier, because he's another player that I think has not not regressed, but like in terms of he doesn't hasn't played as many games. Um, his performances in the Euros obviously sort of rejuvenated him and reminded everyone that he is a good player. But he seemed like he was falling out of favour with Pep, and yet. There are a few Man City players in this list, but it's interesting to see like Sterling as high as he is above players like Riyad Mahrez and Mason Mount even, who I think, you know, is Champions League winner. He arguably could have been higher. Um, he's higher than Phil Foden, who had his sort of breakthrough season. Ruben Diaz, who was like, you know, challenging for player of the season. And yeah, of the City players, Raheem Sterling's ranked higher. It's really interesting that. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're off the mark by saying that he's regressed, though. Do you think so? Um, I, I personally think that he has regressed. Mm. Um, and he is, you know, he's he's not playing. He's he's almost become a bit part player. He's regressed that much. He's linked with Arsenal. I mean, that's that's a real regression. If you're linked with Arsenal, you're crap. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun to wind him up. Yeah. One one um, person who didn't make the list, who I'll be honest, I don't actually watch week in week out, but for the sole fact that he was the star of the Copper America final and scored a wonderful goal, and I think throughout his whole career has always been second fiddle to someone, Angel Di Maria. No, no, I'd go along with that. Angel Di Maria, he still plays often. He still breaks into the team that has a front force of Neymar, Mbappe and Messi. And Di Maria still often comes out as the star. No, I, I, I definitely go along with that. I think that it's a madness, really. Mm. That he, gets, he doesn't get the props that he deserves. People just forget about him. Um, I'm very much um, so. I'm I'm very much in Doom Maria's camp. I mean, where would you place him? Though? Where would you place it? Because he is 
10, is he? No, he's not top 10, but I'm just looking at the list and thinking, I guess Lautaro Martinez won the league with Inter Milan. But and is, the Copper America. And the Copper America, but like, he didn't win the Copper... Like, Di Maria won the Copper America. Like, with yeah. Messi, with Martinez, you can say, oh yeah, their team won. The country he plays for won. But Di Maria won the Copper America. But what about... What about... You know, Gerard Moreno, like, who's Villarreal side? Europa League, isn't um, it? Won the Europa League. Who did they beat in the final? Oh, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laggy>. <laughs> um, So, do you know what, though? Gerard if, Moreno, if Man United yeah. won that Europa League final, Harry Maguire would be in there. <laughs> He'd definitely be in there. I reckon, he, he, literally. 12. Um, if bloody Di Maria, not Di Maria, De Gea saved that penalty and scored his, Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire should fist up um, De Gea in the changing room for cheating him out of a, a ranking position in the Palon Tour. A top 10 position. Um, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the Palon Tour anyway. I, I think that, that criteria really puts it into some sort of perspective where you're judging someone on the historical actions of their career. Mm. Well, it's all fine and dandy, but that doesn't really... You might as well have a Ballon d'Or every 10 years, then, rather was, than every year. I was listening to someone earlier, and they were saying often it's awarded based on a particular achievement. Um, for example, like the breaking of a record or whatever it may be. And with Messi, it's like his in his whole career, he finally got over the line of his international team. And it's like a real moment. And this is the year to mark the moment Messi did something on an international scale. But then on the other hand, this person was also suggesting that Gerd Muller stat of, uh, I think it's like Bundesliga goals, was such a like phenomenal record that no one thought it was ever going to get broken. And this was the season that Lewandowski broke it. Isn't that yeah. sort of more of an achievement to like sort of break that momentous goal scoring record um, just to reiterate that like Lewandowski was cheated of this cheated out of this award and he was cheated out of it last year as well where he surely would have won it during the season where a lot of games were played behind closed doors and as a result the Ballon d'Or wasn't didn't even happen it, yeah it's it's ridiculous that you have um I mean, football carried on, and there was no Ballon d'Or. If it, you know, it's that it's it's, it's it is the most prestigious individual trophy in football. Mm. You know, I'd understand if football stopped, but you know, there was a, there was a break, but still a fair decent amount of football. Um, so yeah, you're right. He should have won it either last year or this year. Um, you know, I, I can't see him winning it now if I'm being completely honest, but. You know, there is there's always a surprise. Mm. I I personally was looking at the um Ballon d'Or rankings and I always think Karen Benzema goes under the radar a little bit. Now I know we finished fourth. I was wrong again. Karen Benzema is the highest placed player who didn't win anything. Did Real Madrid win a cup last season? 
might have done. Might have done, I'm not sure. But he is... He's a baller. Mm. Absolute baller. Here's a question. Do you think the fact that he's going through a court trial... I don't know what the latest is with it about the sort of blackmailing Val Buena with a sex tape or whatever it may be. I don't know the ins and outs, so I won't go into it. But do you think that has played against him? Do you think that has been factored into the the class? Even though it's not on the football pitch, does that affect his ranking, do you think? I think something like that will always do it. Will mm. always. Yeah, personally. I think that he is... Uh... When you when you sort of have a personal issue like that, mm. it's always going to bite you. So, do you think if, as a professional footballer, you want to be in contention of winning the Ballon d'Or, you must be celibate, or it helps to be celibate? No, not necessarily celibate, private. Yeah, maybe you just shouldn't film sex tapes. Yeah, I just think private, to be honest. I don't think that you should be... No, no news is good news, isn't it? Is that what they say? Yeah, no news is good news. Oh. You know, it's one of them things. If you've got nothing, if you've got nothing newsworthy, then, every, you know, there's nothing wrong, is there? Because there's never good news. But all publicity is good publicity. Is that not the same for a footballer? I guess not. No, not in this case. When we're talking about a footballer's brand, maybe, but when we're talking about a footballer's chances of winning the Ballon d'Or, then maybe not. Yeah, good publicity. <laughs> well, Balbuena should have got it. I heard he put in a shift. Um, <laughs> oh, oh I, did they do the Pushkas oh, award? Let me put it into the Google. Because it's normally at the same time, isn't it? Goal of the goal of the season. I'm trying to recollect the the great goals I've seen over the past season. I can't think of any actually. I mean, tonight, I'd, I've quietly, in the corner, had uh, Norwich and Newcastle on, and uh, Pookie scored a pretty pretty decent I, top I corner volley. It, it, yeah. does, it does look rather naughty. Mm. So, um, the... Bellendor. Award, uh, it hasn't been done yet. Interesting. It'd be interesting to see uh, who wins that. I've also seen on the on the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page, the Copper Trophy, um, which has already been announced, which is the award for, I'm assuming, young player based on all the players in the in the rank are extremely young, and uh, Pedri was the winner of Barcelona, who um I run his stocks off. Yeah, I, I didn't see uh, much La Liga last season, but judging on the few games I saw him play for Spain in the Euros he looks extremely talented very I very I did talented. see that Liverpool's future signing is finished second didn't he you're not signing Jude Bellingham <laughs> you better not sign Jude Bellingham that, I, I love idea. no I like Bellingham man 185 boss goes there no not a fan not a fan of him joining Liverpool that's for sure I no. the real sad thing is I'm sure you've heard the story but Jude Bellingham as a 15 or 16 year old or whatever before he went to Dortmund was shown had a tour of Manchester United you know we wanted to sort of sign him bring him through um, I think Sir Alex Ferguson came to meet him himself and it was all like you know sort of set up for him to join United but then 
I guess maybe inspired by Jadon Sancho, he realised that he'll get more of an opportunity as a young player if he moves to Germany, to Dortmund. Whereas Man United, he would have been more of a sort of project, might have like got a few games here and there, maybe sent out on loan, whatever. And to be fair, he's done the right thing for his career. But I just hope that aspiration or plan or whatever you want to call it of him coming to Man United doesn't go away. And if I will be devastated, I genuinely, he's one of my favourite players. I've got a Borussia Dortmund shirt with number 22, Jade Bellingham on the back from last season. I bought it after he scored against Man City in the Champions League. I love Jude Bellingham, man. I would hate it. I would hate it if he joins a rival. I'm almost tearing up thinking about the prospect of it now. To your honesty, the, the pain in your voice is enough. <laughs> I love Jude Bellingham. That's my guy. No, you don't don't you dare sign Jude Bellingham. <laughs> <laughs> Mason Greenwood came fifth in that that list, by the way. Did he? Yep, ahead of uh I mean Phil Foden wasn't even in the list, but he was in the senior list, so maybe he wins overall. Um <laughs> Ryan Gravenberch is doing fantastically well for me on uh FIFA. I'm in the year two thousand and twenty five. Um I sold Van der Beek to Liverpool for eighty six million. I bought Ryan Gravenberch for 40 million. Nice. And uh, yeah, he's now 89 rating, whereas Van der Beek is 86, so I win. (laughs) They won. They (laughs) won. I think think the final thing that we really need to talk about is the um, Euro playoff draw. Yes. I feel like that kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. Yeah, it did. It's, it's funny. Generally, I think European football slips off the radar until the big tournament time. Like, I I never really know who's in the big tournament until all the the media and whatever for the big tournament comes out, if that makes sense. Like, I don't follow the qualifiers too well. I watch England games here and there but I don't really follow the qualifiers. And I think I'm not the only one who who thinks that way. Generally across the board, it seems like when international breaks happen, everyone's like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, <laughs> Let's do something else. Yeah, I, uh, I, also think, I also think that there's, there's such a lack of... Um, I mean, take, take the game we were just talking about, the women's tour, 20-0. It just seems a little bit, a little bit pointless. You know, we're playing San Marino, and I've got no, in, I've got no inclination mm. to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I but, hear you. Um, what's your, have you seen the draw? I have seen the draw, and uh, give me your thoughts. Well, one thing I found particularly interesting. Again, you know, I used to. This has gone full circle because I used to like Globes as a kid, so. I like to think I'm I'm pretty astute when it comes to being aware of where countries are placed in the world. And um, looking at the playoff, it seems like they weren't chosen at random. It seems like neighbouring countries were placed against each other. Other than Portugal and Turkey, which are literally other sides of Europe. I mean, Italy and North Macedonia, I think they might border. I think they're, they're very, very close geographically. Sweden and Czech aren't that close. Poland is not too far from Russia. 
Austria and Ukraine are fairly close and Wales and Scotland are fairly close. So I feel like there's, I don't know if this was part of it. I don't know if geographical location has a, a place in who qualifies. Maybe they're trying to consciously spread out who qualifies for the World Cup. But I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's just one observation. Um, yeah, it seems like neighbouring countries are less likely to be competing against each other in the World Cup. Uh, no, North Macedonia does not border Italy. Border Italy. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that's probably more by chance than anything else if they are close. Mm. I think the headline is that we are going to have a World Cup with either Portugal missing or Italy missing. Mm. I think I which said. Is huge. I think I said to you on the phone earlier, uh, listeners to this podcast, particularly over the last two episodes, would probably be able to tell that I've become a bit of a Ronaldo hater. Um, and I would sort of enjoy Ronaldo not qualifying in his last chance to play in a World Cup. Which is hateful. It is really hateful. But I think, I think he's a detriment to the Portugal squad. And really? I, he scored that many goals? He, but that's all he does. Like, it's the same thing with Man United. It's the same thing at Juventus. Juventus had their, like, worst season in a long time, even though Ronaldo finished top goal scorer. It's like the compromise of Ronaldo scoring bare goals is the general overall team performance declines. Like, but, I was listening... I didn't watch the game myself, but I was listening to um, a pundit on a podcast. I can't remember which one. But they were saying the best game they've seen Portugal play in recent history... They beat, was it Croatia 5-0 or something like that? And Ronaldo was injured. The best game they played was without Ronaldo. Do you not think, though, if he's doing his job up top, they should be winning because the defence should be doing their job? It's hard to, it's hard to say, really. Like, the, you know, the team is, is holistic. Like, they all... They're, they're like clockwork they all must work together in a way and like if your yeah. strikers not putting their weight it has a sort of knock-on effect I think and take Ronaldo out of the picture you look at the Portugal squad they've still got some of the best players in the world like Bruno has been magnificent for Man United he's ranked in the Ballon d'Or so has Ruben Diaz Bernardo Silva wasn't in there but I think Bernardo Silva is incredible I think Renato Sanchez is finally showing the you know the potential we thought he had um I could go on. Portugal have an excellent squad, like a squad that definitely should be competing in the World Cup. But even the reason why they're in like playoffs and not already qualified, I think is because Ronaldo has been a detriment to them. You missed Jota out, but I'll let you off. Oh yeah, Diogo. He's in my fantasy squad at the moment. (laughs) Um, So I think it's also a shame that we're going to miss either Scotland or Wales as well. Yeah, that's a shame for like I guess bias reasons, you know, their neighbouring countries, I quite, I quite like them. I really like Wales and Scotland. And who, um, who do you think will win? Um, what, the whole World Cup? Well, no, from each path. Uh, from each of the two groups as such. So, essentially, three teams can go through, right? Yeah. So, you've got Parfait, which is Wales, Austria, Scotland, Ukraine. Uh, oof. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you go first. 
I'm slamming my money straight on Scotland. No, really? Yeah, they're going to do it. I think... I think out of those four teams, based on their form and maybe even their FIFA World Ranking, Scotland are probably... The worst? The, the worst, yeah, on paper. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fully aware. I, you, like you said earlier, I love an underdog. Yeah, <laughs> not that I don't That's want them to it. do well. I love, I love that Scotland. I love Scotland as a, as a nation. Um, um, I, I think, I think Scotland will do it. I not, think Scotland will beat Ukraine, which will be huge. Mm. And then I think that they'll beat Wales. Really? So you, you don't even think Austria will be? You don't think like David Alaba? Who's that striker he's played for West Ham? I always forget his name. Bit of an arsehole. Marco Arnautovic. Arnautovic, yeah. He's an arsehole, but he's a good player. David Alaba. Yeah. Like Austria have a decent team. Yeah, yeah. No, they do, but I think I think Wales are Pippen. Well, Wales are Pippen. Wales have uh, Gareth Bale, if he can stay fit. I'm struggling with path B. I'm struggling between Portugal and Sweden. I think... I'm probably going to go and Sweden. For, sorry, Poland and Sweden. Oh, okay. I'm going to go for Poland. I'm going to go for Sweden. Now. I know like Poland have Lewandowski, but Sweden overall, I think, have quite a good team. I um, I think, and I'm saying this because I bought him on FIFA and he's one of the best players in the world on FIFA, which is obviously make-believe, but Alexander Isaac is one of my favourite players and I think he's gonna only, he's only going to get better with time. He, he he might well do. He might well do. Yeah, he plays for Sociedad, doesn't he? So I like Sweden, man. I really like Sweden. I think of those four actually. I'm saying Sweden, you know. And just parfait. Who have you gone for? I didn't actually go for anyone in parfait. I'm really struggling with that one. If I was to think sort of logically, who's sort of the best on paper? Um, I would go with Austria. Really? See, if I was to get best team on paper, I'd be half tempted to... Ukraine sings to me, but I'm going to stick with Scotland because I feel like they're, they're me edgy back. Well, I think Wales, Wales have a lot of heart and they have like two or three players who can create magic. Um, but I don't know, heart versus just a, a well-oiled machine. It could go anyway. It's the, I'm really struggling with path A. I think it could go anyway. Path C. So path C for sort of bias reasons. Who I want to go through that group is probably Turkey, you know. I love Turkey. I just remember the days of Hasan Sass and Bash Dirk and who else? Hakan Shuka. Yeah. And Sanli Tunçay and oh, they just... And- and Rusty. Oh, Rekbo Rusty, who used to have the like, look like uh, an all black when he used to put the black lines under his eyes. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. But no, I don't actually think Turkey will go through. Um, I'm going to say Italy. Italy are clearly very good. Um, they obviously won the Euros with a lot of heart, a lot of spirit. And I think, I think what differs Italy from Portugal is um, Italy don't have players in their team that take away from the team like Portugal do in Ronaldo I think Italy have a team more of a team than a collective of individuals mm, yeah well I was going to say 
Italy. Mm-hmm. But because of how much you've gone on about you don't want Portugal to qualify, I think Portugal is going to And Ronaldo will score all the goals, no doubt. Yeah, yeah every single goal. He'll do... Oh my God, it, I've just had a flashback to when remember we watched the... Was it the game we watched together in the pub? No, it wasn't that one, actually. Oh. It was the, the first game of the group. It was um, Portugal versus Hungary. Was it the first game of the group? I think it was. And I remember watching it and they, they Hungary was the only state, the Budapest Stadium, the Pushka Stadium, I think it's called, was the only one that was um, full capacity. So, you know, the, the fans were really, it felt like a home game for Hungary. And uh, I got kind of captivated by it and because I'm a Ronaldo hater I got I was supporting Hungary and Hungary played really well and deserved to win Ronaldo did nothing and then scored two goals at the end and the whole the whole story is Ronaldo wins it for Portugal Ronaldo is amazing but Ronaldo did absolutely nothing in fact he was very very poor other than having no, the final he scored, the goal. he scored a penalty and then he scored another goal that was fairly nice <laughs> fair play but it's so jarring. He does it for Man United as well. He plays terribly and then scores. <laughs> your hate, your hate knows no bounds. It just, it just feels unjust. It just doesn't feel fair that you can do nothing and get all the glory. It knows no bounds, my friend. It knows no bounds. I personally think that, yeah, they'll go through Ronaldo. They'll, they'll beat it at least 2-1 and Ronaldo will get the own goal as well. I might name this episode F*** Ronaldo. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to beep that. Because <laughs> I was have to put an explicit language sign on and I can't be bothered to do that. <laughs> and I think, I think that's it. I think we're done. We're done. Yeah, that was a, yeah, interesting Ballon d'Or breakdown. Um, let us know. I'm not sure if anyone listens to this podcast on Spotify, um, but if you do, there's a way you can answer a, a question um, I'm not sure if anyone saw, but last week we asked the question, did Anderson, Man United former player, have a better career than Steven Gerrard? And I haven't actually looked at the answers yet, but there's a way we can look at the answers and discuss. Yeah, that's fun. So maybe that's we, really fun. we can ask them uh, who should have won the Ballon d'Or. We can do a poll. I like a poll. We could do who who like, do you like think Graham does have a Ballon d'Or? Yeah, or um, poll dancer. Pauline Fowler from EastEnders. Ah, Paul Pogba. Oh. <laughs> I oh, did I did have a name earlier. I was trying to use it, but I, I couldn't think of a appropriate time. I was thinking of Harry Kanute. Kanute? Kanute, yeah. Wow. Like Freddie Kanute. Wow, but like um, yeah. I, I get it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And I was gonna check to see if you know what I'm gonna check right now. I reckon Freddie Canute has had a better career than Harry Kane. Freddie Canute, could you imagine? I think he's won a couple of French leagues, hasn't he? He won, he won the Europa League with Sevilla. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in the the dominant Lyon team where was it Gerard Houllier was manager and Lyon kept winning the league. Um, Can you imagine if he had a better career than Kane? I think he has. Yeah. He absolutely has. Freddie Canute has had a better career than Harry Canute. Harry Canute. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I think that's uh, that's a perfect time to end it. Thanks, Dan. Good night, Canberra. Good night, Senegal. Senegal. You just. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the capital of Senegal? I know this. I know this because uh, Thingy's from there. Uh, isn't Mane from the capital? No, he's not. He's from a small village. The capital. Dakar. Dakar. That's it. Dakar. 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 Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think Mane is from Dakar. there. No, I don't think he is either. I'm going to have a look at... He's from a really small town. I remember reading the story of Mane and he had to travel like almost two hours to get to training or something. Right. I'm going to have to Google this quickly. Capital of Senegal. Oh, I was right. I smashed it. Dakar, yeah. Get in Dakar. Thank you very much. (laughs) Take it easy, bro. I love Ralph. How does Ralph inspire you? He's the number one inspiration. He's the uh, greatest designer of our time.